Hey, what's up, y'all? It's JFX on the Sports Greatest Podcast here on SportsGreatestPodcast.com. I was going to say, guess who my guest is today? But with the wide range, that would be pretty hard. I'm not going to ask you to guess. I'm going to share with you the name of our guest, which is Selena Castillo, creative director for Duke Women's Basketball. One of the top storytellers, designers in the sports creative game. This one is in the sweet spot for me because Selena and I have run in some of the same circles in women's basketball for a while, and we share a passion for women's basketball. Selena is such a fun and inspiring person, full of energy and so much joy, a great storyteller. In this episode, which mirrors our conversation, she's oozing with knowledge, giving nuggets here to you, the listener. I was moved, blown away, and inspired all in the same conversation. She's multi-talented, an entrepreneur. You can't knock her hustle. A thought leader sharing the importance of social strategy, a mentor, and big sis to so many young creatives, all while blazing a trail in women's basketball. Selena has such an incredible way of explaining things. We get to discuss a number of things, including her start in the business with the Tampa Sports Commission and making her way to Duke women's basketball. But most importantly, we touch on making the relationship work with a head coach, an elite head coach, and also an elite blue blood assistant coaching staff. The lives and careers of the people that we respect and admire and appreciated are all created. Selena, as much as anybody, does an incredible job of narrating her process, and you're going to get a lot out of it. We talk about her role on the Duke women's basketball staff, developing the program's social strategy, her advice to creatives, and so much more. So I'll get out of the way. But before I do, I have a quick favor to ask. We've introduced the new Sports Creatives newsletter. And of course, I'd love for you to sign up and become a member of our community. This isn't a transaction. It's not about my bank account. The newsletter is free. And of course, we want to grow our efforts. This is about the hashtag SM Sports Community and the Sports Creative Community. It's about sharing resources and tips. It's about understanding that if we harness our individual creativity and knowledge and use it not just to make things, but to grow our overall community, to inspire each other and the next generation of storytellers. So it's super simple. Go to www.sportscreativepodcast.com forward slash subscribe and sign up. That's it. Now, do you know anyone who needs a nudge? Share it with them. Tell them that you're a member and send it along the way. This would mean everything to me. It's so important that we really rally together to grow our shared creative space in the college and professional sports. That's my ask of you. Thank you so very much. Now, let's get into today's episode. First of all, Selena, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. There's so much going on with the Duke program and all of the wonderful work that you're doing. So if it's cool, we could just jump right into it. Yeah, definitely. That'd be great. Before we get into the program and what you guys are doing, I want to talk a little bit about 
your path, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your path has been a little different. A lot of, you know, I would say a good chunk of people kind of came up, worked at a university, uh, you know, interned and kind of worked from there. Yours is completely different. Mm-hmm. You were a Middle Eastern s- studies and Arabic major in college. You then worked at the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. And within four years, so 48 months, roughly, we're not counting exactly, you became the creative director for Duke women's basketball. Now, I want to talk about your experiences. What did you learn? Like, what things in that path did you learn over that period of time that helped you to where you are right now? Yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, it's, it is crazy now that I am able to reflect back. Uh, it's, it's been a solid, yeah, about four years of, of this professional experience, right, that I've had and this kind of path I've been on. Um, the biggest thing I would say is, you know, you can't uh, predict the future. Obviously, you never know. It's such a cliche thing, right? The path to success is not straight. Like, it's, right. you never know what it's going to really look like. So that was definitely true for me. Um, and, and a lesson there is you've got to persevere. There's going to be times where it feels like things aren't working out or you're not making much progress. And then all it takes is one connection and it, you know, kind of boosts you to a space closer to where you want to be. Um, I always remind myself it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, right? And, and, and the work, you know, the work doesn't go unnoticed. And, and if it feels, you got to put in the work, right. You got to put in the work and workers recognize workers, you know, winners recognize winners, you know, that's all very real. And so on my path, the people I've connected with over time, I didn't have to, you know, worry about maybe what they were going to think about me because my work was speaking for itself all along. Um, so that'd be one of the biggest things is, 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 you know, the work speaks for itself. Um, relationships matter. Um, to break that down, what do you mean by that? The work speaks for itself. Uh, the relationships matter. Relationships. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Relationships matter. Um, I mean, one in my work, I think a big reason that I've had success, you know, at all of my stops, but well, really the two Tampa Bay sports commission and now Duke women's basketball is relationships back in Tampa. The executive director of the sports commission is a man, Rob Higgins, who was my high school coach's husband high school basketball coach. And I had remained close with her, my coach. And um, she was the one that kind of plugged me into his ear when it came time to, to possibly hiring an intern. Um, and then the story goes, I interviewed for this internship um, with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. And at the end of it, at the end of the interview, I pulled out an iPad with some graphics I had made for an AAU team I coached, my mom's law firm I was working at, and a women's basketball league I ran. And he was like, wait, you know, I need creative work. This is what I need. How about, you know, forget the internship. Here's a contract. So so that's the little story there. But wow. um, nonetheless, I wouldn't have even gotten that opportunity if I hadn't maintained that relationship with my high school coach. And I had no clue what it was going to lead to, right, years later. But there's that example. Um, and then I think of my work at Duke, you know, one thing I pride ourselves on is how we feature our alumni and how we work closely with our alumni and the Duke family is real and right. Duke naturally is going to allow for those sorts of relationships to develop, but I have made a concerted effort to get to know these alumni, these WNBA players, overseas players. And, um, I think that's an advantage that we have when you talk about our content and the success that we've had as a program is you know, we have authentic relationships with the previous members. And, um, and and I think there's just so many examples of a lot of people's journeys 
where that's all it was. You met someone at a coffee shop or you meet someone and then a couple of years later you reconnect and then all of a sudden, you know, another opportunity comes your way. Um, relationships matter. And also it's not always about getting something out of the relationship, right. right? Sometimes it's about helping that person or simply just enjoying another human spirit, right? That's very real as well. Looking for the assist instead of always looking for your shot, right? Exactly. There you go. And, 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 and the opportunities will come the more relationships that you're that you're fostering and, and genuinely you know cultivating. That's a very real thing. And um, I, you know I can't. There's just so many examples I can think of. So many people. And I think of the Duke Network itself. You know, is powerful. And it's one thing to be quote unquote part of this network, but it's another thing to again cultivate the relationships. That is that you know how you make moves and, and get momentum going and, and make things happen throughout your career and throughout your life um, is is the relationships, the people. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just hit on some, some golden nuggets. The one, the work, you know, you, I think you're so right. You know, I believe that 10,000 hours of toil, that it takes a lot of work, you know, every day where you're just continually you know, trying to get 1% better. And I think the other secret sauce that you just hit on the relationships, right? Cause they make mm-hmm. this whole thing, these, and I think in our creative space, um, a better focus on relationships and having great relationships are so key to success. And I think that really lends itself to my next question, because I want to talk about this relationship, right? Some people may know and some don't that you're on the staff Mm -hmm. of the Duke women's basketball program. Some, obviously we know it's some uh, athletic departments that could be within a creative agency and you're just assigned to, you know, a sport, but you're actually on there. And so you have newly hired coach Carol Lawson, right? Well, one of the all-time great coaches and great players with the, just a, you know, a resume from, from here to the moon and back. And, and then of course you have these new assistant coaches. So let's talk about that, that delicate relationship mm-hmm. between the creatives, the head coaches, the other internal important stakeholders for the program. Let's talk about your first meeting. What did that look like? And how have you been able to work with this new staff as a holdover from the previous staff? Right. I think what's funny about the timeline here that you're referring to with our new staff and, and getting to know them is it is in the middle of this pandemic. So a lot of it was remote at first. You know, we are all on campus now, but it, it was remote at first. So there was that kind of obstacle. But um, I think what made it really easy, and it goes back to kind of my two points, you know, the work spoke for itself for all parties involved. And so once you're at that point where, again, Kara's resume as a player and, yes, with the Celtics and with USA Basketball as a coach um, speaks for itself. You know, you have Beth Cunningham, um, longtime ACC coach. Uh, her resume goes, you know, won a national championship with Notre Dame recently. And her resume is just so long. I was, in fact, Absolutely. putting together some some materials about the assistant coaches. And I'm like, this is a... I need some assistance on this project because their resumes go so deep as both players and coaches. And Tia Jackson was actually on our staff before and now she's returned. And so it's, it's, it feels like I knew her 10 years ago and I did not, but, but anyways, and then Winston Gandy is our other new assistant and um, he comes to us from Rice, but all three, their resumes were so it spoke for itself that once you finally start to connect and meet and build a relationship, there's a level of trust that's already there. There's a level of understanding and a level of, you know, standards. And not to mention you're at a place like Duke, it's even higher, right? The expectations, but, but that made it a lot easier because it was like, okay, you know, we're all operating at, at a high wavelength. So 
it made it easy when you talk about, okay, now let's start fostering the relationships. Well, we're already kind of at a similar wavelength, you know, we're already operating in in a similar space. Um, And, and so it's been great. So there's a lot of familiarities, what you're saying. You guys had similar kind of standards, even though you're doing different roles within the organization. And so it sounds like it was like from day one, it really kind of clicked but but talk to me about that meeting, like because we know, you know, a lot of head coaches have different philosophies. There's so many. We, we, that's mm-hmm. a whole other show. But what was that like? Mm-hmm. Because you're dealing with somebody like we said, mm-hmm. uh, this staff, uh, but specifically the head coach who 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 are at that kind of elite level, you know, that right. I, that yep. we talk about. Yeah, and and Kara's great. Um, the first time I met with her, it was again, it was. At that point, I was uncertain what my future was because, as you said, I'm on the coaching staff as opposed to within the athletics department. So there was a little bit of uncertainty for me. But once I got to that meeting, finally, it was very clear that there was no more uncertainty. Like, I'm in it. You know, I'm here to stay because it was hit the ground running. It was, all right, what do we need to do to get you to an even higher level? What do we need to do to get even further ahead of the game? It wasn't like, you know, let me get to know you. Let me, I don't know. It was. I know what you do. I, I see the value. Now let's make it better. And, and that was so great to know, like right away, you know, the support was going to be there for, for my work and, and, you know, the creative work, social work that I do, social media work. Um, so that it was great. And it was very much that the, the, the approach from Carol Lawson, which is, was amazing, is very much, I'm not here to disrupt what already works. It's Duke you know, things are going to be operating pretty, pretty well. Right. Right. So how can I come in and, and, and add to and help, you know, in your various roles. And then obviously she'll handle, you know, her head coaching duties the way she needs to handle them. Wow. So, so, so what, so in this meeting, she's coming in saying, Hey, I love what you're doing, respect what you're doing. How can I help with what you're doing? That, that, that's the first conversation that you have. That's powerful. Go ahead. I I just had to stop on that because that's so rare to find right with, and it's always so interesting as we talk about creative, I think we we spend a lot of time talking about fonts and things like that, which are supremely important. But it's so interesting to to also learn from some of the great leaders that that we interact with. So, I mean, that's a that's, you know, more of a servant leadership mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like, hey, I'm I'm here to help set you up for success. So anyway, go ahead. No, exactly. And, and, and that she was you know, she made it very clear she's not going to claim to be an expert on something she's not an expert in. And again, as a leader, how amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. You know, I hear about it, her leadership, her, again, her resume shows the leadership, but now I see it in person, first meeting, bam, like she had no issue saying, look, I don't know everything about what you bring to the table. I, I can't sit there and, and, you know, micromanage in a way you have to be the one, you know, doing your work. I just want to be able to assist you. And a big thing, a big thing on that note is, you know, the word access comes to mind is you want access to the players and access to the coaches. And especially when it's, you know, a higher profile coach and then a a higher profile program like Duke, understanding you have to be, you know, willing to give that access. However, you know, you have to have um, like kind of you've got to be kind of picky about it. And that's where my position is so important because I'm essentially the one that's going to you know, I'm kind of the gatekeeper there as far as the access to our program and the behind the scenes. Um, so having, being able to establish that, and of course she did work 16 years in media, right? I'm sure plenty of people, she was actually the first female to call a nationally televised NBA game. Um, I'm yep. almost positive that's what the note is there. So should, 
yeah, she's breaking barriers left and right. Of course, you know, first black woman head coach here at Duke, um, a big one there, but first Celtics uh, woman, first female coach in Celtics history, right? There's so many, you know, barriers and she makes it seem so easy, but, um, but no, so, uh, so yeah, it was great having that, that support and understanding of how important the access is, but then the trust, because again, the work has been, been, the work has been done to this point. You you bring a good point. I, I want to ask you a quick question mm-hmm. here. So talk about building the trust, right? Mm-hmm. Because you do have people and some of these folks, I, I, I'm sure I would make an assumption here or a question that it helped you out because some of the people on the staff were recruiting against you and saw what you guys, what you were able to do in social and recruiting. So as you're going through this kind of, you know, unique experience, right? You have a new head coach announced that in the COVID-19 mm-hmm. slash quarantine environment. And then now you're working with them. How did you develop that relationship over the first, let's say, 30, 30 plus days right. to develop that that chemistry over Zoom calls or whatever video conferencing software you were using? The first thing that comes to mind is the leadership of, of our head coach. You know, it helps when, when, when the, the leadership is so strong at the top, it really helps everyone else kind of fall into place. And um, in fact, our first staff meeting with the whole staff um, occurred uh, August 15th was actually the day that occurred. Um, first time in campus, of course, we were socially distanced and all that. But, you know, I was able to record that whole meeting. And, and that's an, and we actually put a clip out. It's just a 30 second clip of her, you know, speaking on accountability and it went viral over 250,000 views. And, um, and first of all, I was a little surprised, like, oh, wow, we, I am really operating at a new (laughs) level. Like this is a whole new game, you know? So there's that, but then also like how I was like, wow, this person, this, this brilliant high achiever and the whole staff, really the coaches as well. But right away was okay with me, you know, being around and trusting me, knowing that I'm going to get our story out the right way. Um, so I, I just go back to though the work. I mean, I was able to give her a couple tidbits of the success we've had the last three years. One of the bigger notes is that we have, you know, the most video views on Instagram um, of any program in women's basketball by over 600,000. We have 2.6 million total. Wow. But anyway, so I was able to kind of say some of that but then you say a couple of those type of stats and it's like, all right, I get it. Let's, let's, let's get better. Like let's move forward. (laughs) Like we're not here to give out trophies, you know, let's, we're trying to win national championships. So let's work towards that. But credibility though, to your point though, credibility in in terms of your work is very important. Exactly. And so I just think, you know, especially when you're working with elite coaches, right. And and our whole staff is, is full of elite coaches. And I think that's, again, that's an area, but then you combine that with such strong leadership that you don't have to worry about, you know, egos. You don't have to worry about those sorts of things because we're all collectively moving towards the same goals and moving in the same direction, again, because that leadership is so strong. And it was so strong from the moment we announced and the moment the staff was announced. And and, and so so great overall uh, culture that's from day one. Mm-hmm. And, and so it makes me ask, as you're, you're talking here, you, you know, you're known, you, you do a lot of speaking at, uh, you know, conferences mm-hmm. um, about social media strategy and how you do what you do. You're, you're really good at, at sharing that, especially specifically even, too, with people who are new or uh, learning in this area. How, how do you how what adjustments have you had to make? Right. You had a similar, obviously the same program, but now mm-hmm. you have a different head coach, a different coaching staff, which brings its own uh, their own respective gifts and talents and achievements. 
How, what adjustments have you been making to content and your storytelling as you're telling this the story of this brand new program? Right. Um, the, the first thought is to kind of scale back a little bit as far as our output right now. Um, you know, WNBA season's going on, so we're pushing WNBA type stuff. But as far as our, you know, internal happenings, it's kind of scaling back on what we're putting out and just collecting internally right now. And kind of letting this story still develop. Cause again, I'm, I'm not looking at this as one to two months worth of a story. I'm looking at this as, you know, five to 10 plus years. And, and so it's kind of like, okay, keeping that timeline or longer term, you know, thought process in mind, I don't want to rush anything. Um, and I don't, I, I just don't want to rush anything. And, right. and that's kind of a big adjustment is, is that, um, that space and then, um, letting the coaches develop their relationships with the student athletes, uh, letting that kind of occur before I'm just, you know, in their face with a camera all the time. Um, that's been kind of an adjustment. Uh, and then, yeah, really just trying to fit everything into this long-term picture uh, that's still unfolding. You know, we're only a little bit over a month into it. I, and I love it. I, I love it because sometimes – and I'm sure when you look at your feed, you see what I see. I, I see a lot of sporting brands that, that sometimes it feels like mm -hmm. really transactional, right? So like, you know, and of course things come up that, that we, we know have to get out. But what you're describing is really being intentional on telling this overall big story because, right, you only get one shot mm -hmm. to 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 be a part of this historic yep. you know program with, with this really, this coach stuff. I absolutely love it. And, and that goes back to, that approach kind of goes back to when I first, you know, moved up here to Duke and took this job back in October, 2017, my thought was, yes, Duke is Duke. Great. But my thought was also women's basketball as a whole. I'm not just here to help elevate Duke women's basketball as a program. I'm here to help elevate the game and female athletes as a whole. And, and now it's even further amplified, uh, you know, with, with, with the kind of attention that our program is starting to get and getting, you know, with our new hire and all that. So, I always have looked at it that way. It's not just trying to help Duke women's basketball. Like, yes, that's obviously my job, but it's, it's where when you're at a place like Duke, you represent much more than yourself and much more than Duke. You represent, again, the sport as a whole. The expectation is that Duke right. women's basketball is one of the leaders and, and constantly at the top and constantly contending for championships. So, so that's, you know, a big priority and, and, and a big strategy piece for us. So, so let's talk about the collaboration, right? So now you've got this, you know, really all-star cast of coaches, Coach Lawson, Coach Cunningham, Coach Gandy, Coach Jackson. I mean, right? Mm -hmm. These are all established. They're uh, obviously going to be hitting the recruiting trails, needing, obviously, creative, needing uh, new decks to 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 do visits. And, and then, of course, now we're doing Zoom calls. And, and so, you know, it's not the environment of, let's say, last year. What mm -hmm. does that collaboration look like with each of them as you guys are trying to navigate this new environment and also launching you know, a new coaching staff who are mm -hmm. reaching out to obviously recruits and, and of course the fan base that that's always there in support. Yeah. I think the first word that comes to mind is perspective. And then after that would be, you know, experience. Um, I'm, I'm very open to any and all of their perspectives, input, feedback. Obviously at the end of the day, you're always trying to figure out what's the best, you know, way to communicate with, with the recruit, you know, how do you best reach them? So given all of the diversity of their experiences and their extensive resumes, they each bring unique perspectives. Um, so being able just to listen to them talk to each other 
I get ideas. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, here's a better way to approach that. And then there is that level of autonomy still because, again, they trust my work where it's like, I need to be creative and translate whatever they're talking about or whatever is being discussed, you know, into something from a visual standpoint. So, so the biggest thing though, is just being able to listen to them have what's really a basic conversation, but I'm getting so much out of it because I, there, again, the experience is just shine through the perspective and then the collaboration amongst the coaches in their world has been amazing to see. And so again, I'm able to really, it's, it's pretty easy for me to to fit in, you know, where I'm going to fit in and not have to worry about what my lane is or stepping out of my lane or whatever the case might be, because I'm just able to, you know, observe and absorb, uh, their their perspectives and experiences as much as I can and then okay do my thing. Well yeah I mean basically everybody's in it for the overall good of the program. And so you know great culture we don't have to worry about, you know, is that in my job description? Is that in your job description? It sounds like, you know, if that that the tennis ball's coming over the net, you know, everybody is uh is heading to the net to 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 hit that ball across. I absolutely love mm-hmm. that. I, I want to talk to you about your position, right? One of the first, some that may know, one of the first positions. Talk about what the position looked like before you took on that role and and now what it's looking like today. Um, and then just, of course, the obvious question, like, do you have like a per se creative boss? And when I say creative, I don't mean necessarily on a org chart. Someone, we are, everyone has a, a boss, even mm-hmm. the, the athletic department. But do you have a creative boss? And then like, what does all that look like with your position? Mm-hmm. Because we know, uh, you know, of course, there's Coach Cutcliffe over there at football, then they do a good job. Men's basketball do obviously elite social media team as well. So what does that look like? Uh, for you on a working basis? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, my office is up here with them. So I'm constantly in and out of their offices, the assistant coaches and even Kara. And so a lot of it is just directly communicating with, with the coaches, um, directly working with Kara, you know, I'll every once in a while, I'll shoot her some ideas or some examples of things that I want to do, or she'll send me something she thinks about and, and having those open lines of communications is very important. Um, and has really helped in that process. Um, so as far as a creative boss, so to speak, it really is, uh, you know, anyone who has a creative idea that wants to want to run it by me, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, but I would say, I would say at the end of the day, it's, it's, I would say, I would almost just say it's, it's really Kara, but at the same time, I'll send some things to her and she'll be like, it's up to you. You know, what do you think? So. On the other hand, I think my position has even been elevated that much more as far as my decision-making abilities, right? And and the power that I have and, and just my own judgment. Um, and then back to the to the other question, the first question about um, how has the position changed? I mean, it didn't really exist, you know, before I got here. Um, it was the more traditional where like, you know, an SID would kind of help manage the social. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of the assistants may have here and there had some input on the social media and then creative content, there wasn't too much of it. I mean, it was really photo heavy, which is great. Photos are great. And then um, we have a video department here. So they were able to do some, some standard like game type coverage. And then, you know, those standard kind of, you know, interviews between players once a year, like fun, get to know type thing. So it was kind of a standard content, but not too, you know, 
it was, it was more just standard, you know, it wasn't terrible by any means, but then I kind of come in and, and obviously streamline all those processes once and for all, in addition to being able to crank out my own creative content. And, and of course took, put the social media accounts once and for all, like I was the only one running them. So it was like putting the voice and creative expression and, and content, you know, coming from one place instead of kind of spread throughout, you know, a number of people that had a hand in the program. So that's probably the biggest difference is now it's like it's all in one place and 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 hence my role, you know, creative director where that's that's what I do. Right. Right. So you're running the accounts, working with the uh, collaborating with the staff on uh, on ideas mm-hmm. and, and, and working through that, which you've been doing, you continuing to do that. So how so so it sounds like the coaching staff is definitely uh, very engaged of a, a coaching staff that with a lot of media experience, a lot of recruiting and obviously coaching experience. Um, so it sounds like they they're definitely involved and it's a very collaborative process, rather it because I, sometimes I have conversations with creatives. So my friends will call me and they're frustrated because the coaches, you know, staff doesn't like their idea. And so, you know, one of the things I always try to get back to is like, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? What is story you're trying to tell? Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things you, and you, and you and I both being former, you know, uh, college athletes, we know that each coaching staff kind of, they get one shot at it, right? You get your one shot and it's really kind of on the coaching staff, right? At the end of the day, the buck always stops mm-hmm. with that head coach. I think it's athletes, right? You, you kind of understand that. Has that mentality mm-hmm. of, of that you bring to the table, you know, it's kind of, cause I would call you really gritty, a hustler, um, at, you know, and then of course, bringing that student athlete perspective, has that really helped that relationship? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And, and I think a lot of it just goes back to the work speaks for itself. You know, when you're, when you're operating with people and trying to kind of build an organization or, uh, you know, a program, um, I definitely think that's helped and been a big part of, um, of it because it's the ability to take initiative, you know, the ability to solve problems is huge. I was a, a point guard. So, you know, you're constantly trying to break down other teams defenses. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, those sorts of, those sorts of mentalities and then the competitive aspect, right. You've got to be a competitor at a certain point. And of course you want to compete with yourself, you know, more than you compete with others, et cetera, et cetera. But I love competition and, and you've got to welcome that. And, and so I think, yeah, all those aspects of being a former athlete, as you know, uh, have 100% factored into why, you know, I've had success here and, and why and right now it's been so seamless, I think, with, with the current staff. I mean, again, it's Carol Austin we're talking about. Right. I definitely used to watch her play and, and, and idolize her team, Bobby Fender, Coach Pat Summit, and, and all that. So once that story's already been told and, and the, you know what I mean, the competition has already occurred and the success is already there, again, it just makes it that much easier to have an understanding of where we're at, where we're trying to go. And what we need to do to get there. Yeah, I love it. I love that um, creative culture, right? Creative leadership, mm-hmm. uh, something we talk a lot about on this show. I, I want mm-hmm. to, as we kind of wrap up, want to get your advice, right? There's there's people who look at you and, and you and I have had a couple of conversations about, you know, it takes a long time to be an overnight success. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone right now, it's COVID-19. We know it's all, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going on with maybe you're in college and you don't even know what the job market looks like. What advice do you give to to designers? Like a couple things, actionable things they can do today for creatives mm-hmm. who look at you and designers and say, man, I want to do what she's doing. I want to do my version of what um, 
Selena's doing? What, what, what would you tell mm-hmm. them? Yeah, kind of a, a few things come to mind. First and foremost is I'm assuming most young creatives trying to kind of break into industry are active on social media. If you're not, I would consider at least setting up those accounts and having some sort of, you know, base of your digital, like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, business card, right? In a right. way. Have some um, branding so put if together. You are active, right. Like take the time to kind of audit your own brand, look at your bios, look at what your like past posts are, kind of clean those up. Um, and don't use social media as like, you know, a personal diary, like it's really a professional tool. So mm-hmm. kind of shifting your mindset at an earlier age, like I kind of shifted that mindset about my junior year in college. So I was what, you know, 20, 21 years old, started to really look at it that way. And I know kids are starting a lot younger on social media now, but that would be the first thing is it's really a digital footprint and it's really a, a, a business card in a way, your social media accounts. Also, I would Either I know there's like Behance or some other websites where you can upload work. I have my own personal website. I recommend this. There's a little bit of an expense to that, but I recommend trying to look into one of those options, some sort of portfolio website or setting up your own simple website. You know, your first name, last name as your URL. I think that's a very great place to start. And then the third thing is really going to be, I go back to relationships. And, and the key here is it's not always, hey, what can you do for me? Hey, I'm trying to right. get a job. Right. Hey, I want to. That's great. And don't get me wrong. I receive some of those messages and I try to respond to them all. But that doesn't really, that's not really like um, building a relationship. That's transactional. Like you used that word earlier. That's kind of like. When people, when people uh, reach out and say, hey, will you follow me? Right. Exactly. And, it's you're, like, and you're thinking, well, what value do I get from following you? Exactly. So it's kind of like, you know, ha- learn yourself, learn your skills better that you know the value you bring. And figure out ways to kind of demonstrate that subtly, right, as you're starting to network more. Um, on social media, to go back to that space, favorite, reply, retweet, you know, people that you look up to, engage with them. Every once in a while, send a DM. I always used to say, I would DM some people, you know, hey, I love your work. Hey, this, that, and the other. You know, our, our guy Kevin down at Miami is one. You know, Jimmy with Chicago Bulls, Jimmy Mitchell, like, there's so many creatives throughout my career so far that I've messaged here and there that might be even younger or they might be older and more established. And a simple compliment goes a long way. I'm not trying to get anything out of it. I'm just saying, hey, I really like this work. And then in the process, like, thank you because it inspired me. Right. Like, and it's helping me to motivate myself. So those sorts of conversations, it's not always, again, I'm, you know, fresh out of college looking for an internship. Okay, well, or, hey, I've, I've been following your work for a while. I really love this. You know, if you need, if you need any help with this, I'm, I'm, you know, this is where I'm an expert. This is what I'm wanting to do. So you're, in a way, framing your approach a little bit different from here's what I need to, hey, I followed you. I respect you. And here's ways I can help. You know, let me know. Yeah, you, you've done a wonderful job with your, with your brand like you said, of having your portfolio online, sharing your work that you're doing on a consistent mm-hmm. basis and engaging with people. Because I, like you said, relationships make this whole thing, you know, spin around and around. Yes, 100%. And, and then kind of, again, social media is real, but like it's not really reality, right? So right. like there's still the real world, you know, ways to network and build relationships with people. Um, obviously, in the in the time of coronavirus, it does look a little different. But, um, you know, if, if you're able to, I know we, we actually, you and I connected at MLC, 
um, MLC Connect, and I guess it was that was Chicago or Atlanta. It was Atlanta. 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 It was Atlanta. Yep, I can remember. Yeah, so there you go. That was an example of now. There's again, there's an expense associated with that, but if if you can make it happen, you know, save up for a year, two years, and get to that sort of event, or or look at some of these other conferences that are out there, virtual conferences these days, whatever, just look into it and see if it's possible and, and sacrifice a little bit to get yourself there. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's part of it too. Oh yeah. Because you definitely have to invest in yourself. If you're going mm-hmm. to Coachella every year, if you're going to South by Southwest and we're not saying don't have a good time, but you know, you do have to invest in yourself in a way that works for you, right? Because everyone's resources uh, and abilities, you know, vary on the gamut. But but if you can make it to Coachella, it's kind of what I'm saying. And you're not, maybe your dreams aren't happening the way you want to. Sometimes you have to readjust that plan is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, again, you can definitely have your fun. You know, life is meant to right. be enjoyed. But there are Absolutely. times where you need to be disciplined and accountable and possibly sacrifice some things. Like, do I really need to go yeah, to this weekend trip, or can I maybe save that three to 400 bucks and put that towards this conference that I really want to go to next year? That's really all it takes is a couple connections. But like, I, yeah, we go back to the whole, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success where you have to also come to those spaces prepared. You can't just show up to those spaces and, and oh, help me, I'm here. No, it's got to be, here's what I've been doing. Again, the work speaks for itself. You know, here's what I've been doing, you know, And then I love that thought of you make your own seat at the table. That's a a, a phrase that's been thrown around a lot recently, but very important. And it is important that young people realize sometimes that's what you need to make your own seat at the table, you know, and, and, and. Because you you might not get the invitation. You you have to find your way there. Right. And and at the, the, again, what's the worst case? I'm trying to think of how to put this the right way, but there's, okay, maybe you get rejected. Okay pick yourself up and, and move on, you know, and, and try to figure out another course of action to get to where you want to get. Um, that's why I use that word perseverance, I think very important uh, in this whole process. Uh, but yeah, as a, if I'm a young designer and the other thing, you know, in my journey is I'm self-taught. I know a lot of creatives are um, and at a certain point, every creative is self-taught because, you know, creativity comes from within at the end of the day. But, um, but as far as Photoshop and the other Adobe tools that we all know and love, you know, I've taught myself those things. So you can become a professional level creative on YouTube and, and, and just trial and error. And that's, you know, and then uh, the other thing for anyone out there listening that is in this, these younger, you know, creatives trying to navigate their careers is I have this position at Duke from a direct message on Twitter. And that's how I connected, you know, to the previous uh, coaching staff. So I just share that to say, look, I was managing my Twitter in a way that I was, I always say tweet like you have the job you want in 10 years. They say dress like that, right? Tweet like that. And so Mm -hmm. I was kind of handling my Twitter that way. I was again, engaging with higher level people that I really probably wouldn't, you know, had no business engaging with in a sense. And, and I'm here and they're replying to my tweets or they're favoriting them or follow me back type thing. And that, that, you know, that's, really part of part of this grind and part of this journey is, is making those type of of moves you know on social media with how you engage i tell you what you dropped some dimes today <laughs> your 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 experience as a point guard was really shining uh really want to thank you for coming on the show i think you really captured you know how to be elite how to work with other elite people 
and how to develop great relationships. And uh, I'm happy to have you on because there's a couple topics we couldn't even get into today because we're backed up on time. Mm -hmm. But will you come back on the show? Of course. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps it up. A couple of things before we get out of here. The Sports Creators Podcast is found on sportscreatorspodcast.com. I'm J.F. Hicks. You can find me using the handle at J-A-Y, the letter F, Hicks. That's J.F. Hicks all over social media and the internet. Leave a comment or a question and I'll respond as soon as possible. Let's connect. Let's connect.